It is time for another episode of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio Season 3, Episode 7, 85 overall. But who's counting? Presented by our friends at Mill Creek Golf Course. Visit MillCreekMetroParks.org for more information. Find us on Facebook, Western Reserve Radio, on Twitter at WR underscore radio. Download the Live 365 app or tune in or just go to Western Reserve Radio. Dot com. A lot coming up on a today's episode of the show. Going to continue the theme of doing some things a little differently the last couple of weeks. And uh, an old friend that was on my other radio show that we don't talk about, you may know her as a former sports writer in the Valley. Her name is Dana Salonen. She is now a contemporary romance writer under the pen name Shell Sloan. Did I get that all right? You got it all right. Now I want you to do it again, but with three. No, I'm kidding. No, it's, it's exactly right, and people might be like, what? But you're exactly right. So let's jump in with the question, how do you go from a newspaper sports editor that's worked you know, all over the country to writing romance novels? Like, Take me through the timeline. Okay, so I guess the timeline, I mean, I've been a fan as a reader. Um, for years now, um, and it probably heightened when I left the, for anybody who might know my name, I was at the sports editor at the Tribune uh, from 2012 to 2014, and when I left that job, I took a job in Auburn, Alabama, which was a great experience. I got to do things that I never thought in a million years my career would take me, but I was very, very, um, I would say a little lonely. Like, you know, you moved out of your, I'd only ever lived in the Mahoning Valley my entire life. And now I'm in the deep South running a newspaper and had a lot of time on my hands. And that's where I think my reading heightened. Um, and when you're a, when you're a reader, especially in the romance community, you read a lot and you find some stuff that's really good and you find some stuff that's really bad. And I just remember one time in my head thinking, well, I could do that. I'm like a really bad one. Like, I could do that. But I'm like, I could do better. And it was just kind of like that funny bug in the back of my head. And then as the years went on, I loved my career. I went from Alabama. I went to Nashville. I went to Detroit. Um, I covered bowl games. I covered the Women's College World Series. I was a Heisman voter. I got real burned out real fast. Um, in this industry of 24-hour media, I don't think I had a day off in five years. Um, you work on your vacations. You take your computer everywhere. Twitter alerts are going off every minute of every day. And I just got burned out. And so when I left the industry in 2018, writing a romance book was not in the plan but I was gonna I was going back to grad school I wanted to teach but in the midst of that one of my favorite authors was kind of gonna like publish books in a kind of almost like a fan fiction world for the for a very layman's terms of it and I'd always kind of talked about writing and writing and my friend kind of said well, why don't you do it you're not working right now you know you're just going to school why don't you give it a try? And I did. That was 2019. 
then the pandemic hit, and I had a lot of time on my hands, so I wrote another one. And in two weeks, I'm about to release my sixth book. So several of those books have a sports theme from them, obviously based on what you've done and how big a fan you are. Uh, do those books get any specific inspiration from a game you may have watched or some experience you may have had in your writing career? Um, I say this with um, the premise of I have never met Sean McVay in my entire life. But my first hero, I most of my books, most of my books, um, I basically created a professional football team. And um, so the first hero in the first book um, was very much based um, I have a coach crush on Sean McVay. Congratulations, coach. You won a Super Bowl. Um, I hope you and your model wife are doing lovely. Um, but he, uh, he was kind of the muse for my first one. And I always thought it would be interesting to write a this like love story between a reporter and a football coach because that's essentially like in the pro sports like that's not very uh not very cool I guess to say um they're definitely on different sides of the lines um you know I don't think anybody would bat an eyelash if when I was working at the Tribune I started dating you know a high school football coach around here but in the professional world that's not how it goes down so that's kind of how my professional um, football series kicked off. And in no way is it based on true life events. But, um, yeah, it, it was just funny. I just I never thought I'd actually write sports romance because I don't like a lot of sports romance because, and I don't mean this to sound cocky because of my background, but a lot of people get stuff wrong. And I'm like, that's not how it would go. So I just started writing it myself, and it's a big hit, and it's a very, you know, popular genre, and I enjoy it a lot, and it kind of, you know, makes me feel like my years spent on the road and working, you know, every high school national signing day till, you know, 16-hour days have uh, paid off a little bit. So it's been such a big hit. You've got another book coming out on the 24th uh, that's called Off Season. Yeah. I saw the cover, and the first thing I thought of, and we've joked about this already, I said, well, that guy, the cover looks just like Baker Mayfield, but not based on him at all either, right? Not at all. Um, his history and timeline, I have to kind of based on Joe Burrows, um, just with high school, but for some reason, and maybe this is because the South, South rubbed off on me a little bit, um, like one of my players, went, one of my coaches went to Alabama, one of um, this guy, this um, hero, he went to Clemson, um, but he was born and raised in Southwest Ohio. Didn't go Southeast Ohio. Didn't get a little too, little too borough-esque. Um, but yeah, but the funny thing is about that cover, it's not a real person. That is a computer-generated really? model. We're talking, <laughs> okay. you know, you're talking off air about like how everything is like you know, digital and remote, and we're never going back to offices. Right. That that model is like a digital, a digital guy. So so men, you know, like you could see these guys on covers and be like, wow, we use we use a, you know Photoshop and things on guys too, not just women. <laughs> so I I saw as I was going through your website. Tell me about 
uh, Shell Sloan's VIP squad. What is that? I know my wife's a member, but That's, explain it a little more. Oh yes, your your wife your wife unfortunately gets to be a member of all of my things. Um, so VIP squad is my newsletter um, where I give away freebies. I just kind of keep up to date with my ridiculous life, um, and when sales and everything else go wrong like that, the the romance community is very big in the social media, um, whether it's newsletters or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, like we're kind of everywhere, but nobody, unless you're in the community knows how everywhere we are. But guys, if you're, if your wife is a romance reader, she's in 16 Facebook groups, follows 30 authors on TikTok, and then also the models on the other side. Like it's a very invested community. So we mentioned the new book coming out on the 24th. Uh, any other projects, any other things in the works that you can talk about? Um, let's see. I will have four. I, my plan is to release two to three more books this year. I don't know when I'm going to do this, by the way. I say it out loud like it's going to come to life somehow. Um, but you know, hopefully to release two or three more books. I will wrap up the football series um, in in football season. That one's going to wrap up in October. Um, but, yeah, just keep writing and just hope people keep reading and just, you know, hope hope for continued success. Because, like you said, how does, you know, how did I go from one thing to the other? And it's been a absolute crazy ride, but it's been worth it every single step of the way. So I got about five minutes left with you, and here's the question I, I want to know. From the time you type the last period in a book ends, how much is the process of getting that book to your readers, to people, whether it's on Amazon or wherever else it may be, getting it out there for people to, to read it? Oh, God. Um, so for everybody is different. But for me personally, my book, are around 85,000 words, which is about a, I just put up my, so the one that's coming out here in like physical hardback copy would be about a 320 page book, give or take a little bit. Okay. So for that, with my editor and our process from when I type in the end, now it also depends on how bad I did the first time. You know, if I need to do a lot of rewrites, that could take two months. Wow. If it's two to three months with editing, if it's a, if I actually wrote a pretty clean book, it's more like one to two. Um, but there's, it's a lot of, let's just put it this way. I finished off season the beginning of January and we're actually rushing it to put it out next week. And I'm only rushing it because it was supposed to be out in October. <laughs> that could be a that's good reason to rush it. About, that could, well, that's the great thing about self-publishing is that you're your own boss. Like, I basically run my own business, right? Like, mm -hmm. so it wasn't ready, so I pushed it back. But I didn't want to push it back anymore. Um, so we went with, you know, February 24th. But, yeah, we're kind of pushing it. And that's at just at the end of a two-month turnaround. So generally, to be safe two to three months. And so then writing we, it though, writing it was about a 
six month process for me on this book. Normally, I can write a book in three to four months. That, that is a lot of time in, in, in each book. So I got to ask you, as we wrap things up, if people want to find you on social media, if they want to find where they can, you know, buy a book or download a book on however, how do they find everything? So easiest way is my website, which is shelfloan.com, and that can take you to my books and to take you to Amazon. I'm actually only available on Amazon. If you're a big reader or someone in your life is a big reader and they're in the Kindle Unlimited program, I am a Kindle Unlimited author, so that means my books are only on Amazon. Um, so you can't go to the Barnes & Noble on 224 and find me, unfortunately. Maybe one day, but not right now. Um, so you could just type in Shelf Loan on Amazon, and that'll bring me up, or go to shelfloan.com, and that can take you anywhere you want to go. Now, Mark, I, I have it. to ask. Yes. Are you going to read one? I, I'm trying to be convinced by my wife to read one. So uh, I think I'm probably going to. I have one book I'm finishing, Vern Lundquist's book now. We'll make your book next. All right. I mean, that's not, see, I got it. I got it live. You did. <laughs> you absolutely did. I'm sure my wife is very happy somewhere. Appreciate a few minutes. We will uh, we'll talk again. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk some local sports uh, when we have a chance. Uh, it's still a, a crazy local high school sports scene around here, which I'm sure you know all about still. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. That is our friend Dana Sloan, who writes under the pen name Shell Sloan, the contemporary romance writer. Just uh, put in the, that search engine, look for Shell Sloan. And you'll find her website and a place where you can order all of her, her books. So when we take a break, we're going to come back. we got a lot to get to coming up on today's show. So we are going to talk about our favorite commercials from the big game on Sunday. Some of our not-so-favorite commercials. We'll go over the prop bets that uh, Dave and I battled out in our conversations about uh, on last week's show under the What's Trending topic. Uh, and uh, don't forget, coming up, our last segment of the show, Youngstown State women's basketball coach John Barnes is going to join us. His team on an absolute roll right now. Coming off a big road win on Sunday, they are playing some fantastic basketball. Uh, so Coach Barnes will join us and uh, preview a couple of big games uh, for the the Penguins at home this weekend, where they are a very impressive 12-2 this year at the Bigley Center and continue to play some fantastic basketball. And uh, thanks to uh, John Vogel over there in the Sports Information Department for Youngstown State that helped us set that up as well. So we will have uh, Coach Barnes coming up a little later on in today's show. Don't forget, the show is always presented by our friends at Milk Creek Golf Course. Head over to MilkCreekMetroParks.org. You can find information. You can book tee times. You can find it everything you want to know about playing some golf because we're all going to get a little bit itchy to head out to the golf course uh, with some temperatures expected in the 50s both Wednesday and Thursday here in the Mahoning Valley the next couple of days. So we're not too far away from golf season. We may be far away from baseball season. We'll get to all that coming up after this break here on By All Means.
By all means, continues here on Western Reserve Radio. Did you ever wonder what Dave and I talk about during commercial breaks? Well, we talk about candy bars. That's right. That should surprise anybody that knows us that we're talking about <laughs> candy bars. So thank you to our friend Dana Salonen, a.k.a. Shell Sloan. Go out check out her website if you want to uh, find some of those of her books. And I'm sure between Dana and my wife, they will pick out which book I am going to read, and I will report back about it. Give me a little while, but we'll report back on it. So, Dave, let's jump in. We'll talk about the big game first off. Wait, wait, let's just stop a second. Yeah. Can I just congratulate Dana for calling you out to get you to read one of her books? I, You know what? She left that for the very end. Yes, she did. So, and I applaud her for that. I don't know if that was planned or just happened, but either way, successful mission by her. Uh-huh. So... Congratulations to the Rams, winners of the big game. You know, we could not have had a better NFL playoff this year. No. Every game seemed like it came down to the last three minutes. And, you know, this game came down to the end as well. Rams beat the Bengals. So, uh, you know, they are they are the big game champions. But uh, I got to ask you, what you think about the commercials overall this year? Uh, overall, they lacked. They really lacked. It wasn't the hype that. It usually is on the commercials, so I thought they lacked. There was some good ones. Don't get me wrong. There was some good ones, some memorable ones, but there just wasn't the commercials. You know, they weren't the ones that are usually there. Well, and think about it. There's a lot of people that watch the game for the commercials and the halftime show, Mm -hmm. and you don't care about the game. I usually don't care about the halftime show. This year, you know, child of the 90s like you, so – was looking forward to that for a while. Did you know, are you ready for this? Yep. If you bought a one-minute commercial from NBC for the big game, how much do you think it cost you? Oh, you want me to read it off our notes? <laughs> you don't play along very well. No, I don't Thir- play along. $13 million <laughs> for one minute. Uh, I don't think I could spend $13 million in one minute unless I was buying an ad for the Super. Right. I you know, I I could buy a lot of tickets to a lot of games, but I couldn't spend that much money. You could buy a lifetime of season tickets to whatever teams you wanted to. So many of my teams torture me, I don't know if I would want to do that on a regular basis. Oh, you go sit in the box, get the good food, you know. <laughs> you know what? This makes me think just for a minute. I, I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? My teams never won the big game. My teams never won the World Series. But you know what? I've got Two college football national championships, one college basketball national championship, and three Stanley Cups. So, oh, and an NBA championship. We got so, more you know, national championships than that. We got Youngstown State. Well, that's right. They won all so, of those while I was in school. So that's like that's three right. or four more. Yep. You know what? My sports life hasn't been that bad when you think about it. No, it's just the professional side of it, <laughs> except for right, one. You know, the All two or three teams up yep. in Cleveland, you know, don't like to participate in, in playoffs and championships. But the Cavs are actually good this year. Cavs are actually Top. good. Pens aren't as bad as they could be. <laughs> oh. Pen, Pens Flyers tonight. Yeah, Pens. Oh, oh, that should be fun at your house. Um, <laughs> so the top three commercials, the Amazon Mind Reader. Doritos with the uh, sloth in the tree and Megan the Stallion in that one. Yep. And then the number one commercial, the Rocket Mortgage Spot with the Barbie Dreamhouse and Castle Grayskull. Yeah. 
Yeah, those were, like, those were all really good ones. It's like some of those commercials and the halftime show, they were targeting us because, you know, that's right in our wheelhouse for those things. Oh, yeah. And I love the Amazon Mind Reader one. <laughs> that one, to me, was the best one. That one and the sloth. I will, I will say I did like the sloth, especially when he grabbed that bag of flaming Hot Doritos and ran up the tree real quick. That was good. I was, like, I was like, wait a minute. They're not supposed to move that fast. Well, I guess when you got flaming Hot Doritos in you, you right. you'll move real fast. It lights a fire under your, you know. That's right. <laughs> the prop bets from the Super Bowl, you did better than me. Neither one of us did great. No. Will, will any player propose to his, his girlfriend on the field after the game? I said No. You said yes. It actually was yes. The safety of the Rams proposed to his girlfriend on the field after the game. She said yes, by the way. Could you imagine you win a Super Bowl, you get down on one knee on the field with all those cameras? You better be damn confident she's going to say yes in a situation like that. Like, she'd be stupid to say no. She's got a million-dollar player sitting in front of her. Yep. I mean, he's a good player. Not great, yeah. but he's still a good player. He's in the he's in the league. Right. Hey, he's in that 1%. <laughs> the color of the liquid poured on the winning coach. Yeah. I said yellow. You said orange. It was blue. Yeah. Of course it was. Of course it was. The color of Snoop Dogg's shoes at a halftime. I said blue. You said gold. I was half right. The laces were gold. They were yellow. They were gold. They matched the rest of his outfit. White and gold. Either way, no no partial credit. <laughs> no, oh, come on. <laughs> Which car company commercial will be shown first? This one we had a little bit of debate on, but right. I will say we were both the first wrong. commercial <laughs> showed during the game was not Ford. It was not BMW, which, by the way, there was a BMW commercial in the Super Bowl for the first time in a long time. Right. Uh, it was Toyota who had the first car commercial and actually the first commercial overall in the game. And then, of course, uh, you threw in the coin toss. I went with the traditional, you know, tails never fails, except in this case where it did, and the Rams won the toss. So all in all, I mean, we didn't do so hot with those. But we would have lost you know money. <laughs> right. So. That's why I don't mess with any of this stuff because if, you know, if you have two choices for something and there's a wager on it, I would find a way for it to be a third that nobody knew about and I would get it wrong. Right. <laughs> so we're not even going to think about stuff like that. Uh, also, while we have a minute, we got a few other things we're going to touch on. One to congratulate the Grove City men's lacrosse team. They went on the road this week. They played the number 14 team in the nation in men's lacrosse. And this program's only been around for a few years at Grove City, Dave. Okay. Played them at a neutral site, beat them pretty handily, and now it's exciting to say that the Grove City men's lacrosse team is now ranked number 20 in the country and 2-0 in the first time in program history. I missed that. Who did they play? I want to say it was Colorado College out okay. in Denver, but that game was not played. It was at a neutral site where they played a few games because, let's face it, it's probably pretty cold out there to play lacrosse right now, especially in Colorado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> too cold to play it in Grove City, too. So. 
Well, it's going to be like, what, 54 tomorrow? Yeah, they say 54 tomorrow, 53 on Thursday, then the bottom falls out again for a right. few days. and then plunge to the 20s on Thursday night. Welcome back to Ohio. Yeah. I did hear a chance for uh, 60s next week, though. I've been looking at the extended forecast only because I have to for my job, and I'm not seeing 60s. I did see some mid-50s for a few days, but then again, it will have some nice... Hopefully, we get a nice thaw. We do have a flood warning out. I don't know if you caught that yet or not. Right. Those, you knew those were coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A flood warning for the next three days because it's going to be well, you so know hot. It's going to be a massive uh, melt. Melt? <laughs> as, long as, it's a, as long as it's 33 or higher, I'm good. Yeah. My expectations yep. my, my aren't that high. <laughs> but you, you know there's more snow coming and more cold temperatures coming oh, because yeah. it's, it's northeast Ohio. It's more <laughs> right. I mean, my birthday's in May. And it snowed on my birthday before, so yep. you never know what to expect. Oh, yeah. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this whole baseball issue with the lockout <sighs> and everything? we got about three minutes yet. I think it's going to take a long time. Do you think we have a I, season this year? It, it's going to definitely be shorter. Because this, you know this would be the week where the uh, catchers and pitchers should have been reporting today. Today. Yeah. Pitchers and catchers today. Right. That's what I thought. Yep. 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 Today would have been the day that they would have reported, and you know, obviously that's not happening. I did read, which I thought was interesting, and maybe we'll have to get our guy, Corey Christen, to explain this to us a little more. Um, minor league baseball season, and I saw reports from uh, the, the uh, rubber ducks and from the Clippers this week. Minor league season is going to start on time. So this lockout does not affect the minor league players. They will begin their schedule on time as planned. So there's still a way to uh, get your baseball fix. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. Um, you know what? I, we got the Cavs playing good basketball. Their host, or they are, uh, I believe they're in Atlanta tonight to take on the Hawks. And then, uh, of course, don't forget NBA All-Star Weekend is in Cleveland this weekend. Right. So of course you got the you know you got the game you got the skills competition you got the rookies versus sophomores you got the celebrity game and uh, Miles Garrett's playing in the celebrity game uh, Daniel Gibson I can't call a grown man a booby even though that's his nickname uh, he's in the game uh, Anderson Verjao the Wild Thing is going to be playing in the celebrity game. Uh, I'm sure a lot of other, you know, famous Clevelanders are going to be in that game as well. But the most important thing for me in that game is the final horn and knowing Miles Garrett walks off the floor and he is not hurt. That is all I care about in that game, knowing that Miles finishes the game without being hurt. Because if he don't play, it's going to be a long season next year. Yeah, that that is true. It would it it would be a really long season. Sure, without Miles Garrett. So what's trending? Dave and I like commercials. We eat candy bars, and we're bad at picking prop bets. That's, that's what right. we learned today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why we don't travel over to Pennsylvania to actually make those bets. <laughs> right. But uh, hey, one real quick because we got about thirty seconds here. Okay. Uh, don't forget we have Youngstown Phantom Hockey this weekend. Uh, I'm trying to find the schedule, and I cannot find it, but we will be in action on Friday and Saturday. Just stay tuned to Matt Lipsack. We'll have the call. We'll be on the air at 645 both nights.
Time for another break. We're going to get back into another interview and uh, going to be joined by the head coach of Youngstown State's women's basketball team. That's Coach John Barnes up next. By all means, continues here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by our friends at Mill Creek Golf Course. On the phone with us is the Youngstown State women's basketball head coach, John Barnes. 21-4 and four overall, 15-3 and three in conference. And, uh, Coach, first off, thank you for joining us. And uh, after a slow start in the uh, first half on Sunday, the team really rebounded. It got a nice road win. Yeah, that was a big win. I mean, we put out a lot of energy and effort and um, against Cleveland State on Friday, and I think um, we had a little bit, little bit of a slow start, but the team came together in the second half and really finished strong. What was the key to that turnaround? Uh, I know, uh, you know watching the game on ESPN+, Plus, the perimeter shooting wasn't there early, but you, you knocked out a bunch of big shots when you needed to down the stretch. You know, honestly, I think it was more defensively. We just really struggled guarding them in the first half, and we, we changed up a little, a few things in the second half and were able to get some stops, and then we made a couple shots, and once we got the momentum going in our direction, we were able to build on it. You look at the roster, and there's you know there's a, a few new faces on it from the end of last year to this year, and it seemed like right away from the first couple of games that the, your squad really gelled, and uh, you, you go deep, you, you play sometimes you know ten or more players. What was it that's been the key to this team just getting off to such a great start and continuing it throughout the entire year? Well, I think you know the whole team. We have a lot of a lot of new faces. I really think we only have like three, maybe three or four returners from last year's team. So we started in um, July in terms of summer workouts, and pretty much every Saturday from July till till the fall semester started, we did some type of team building um, activity or just bonding stuff, and they really came together over the summer. We've got great leadership, probably the best leadership since I've been here. Um, and they set the tone for everyone early, and the team just truly gets along on and off the floor and uh, makes it really easy for the coaches uh, throughout the year. 12-2 and two at the Bigley Center so far this year. What is it about it? And it's not just been this year. You've been so successful playing at home, uh, whether it's, you know, is it the, the fan support? Is it just you know being at home? What is it about your teams always play so well at home? Well, it's definitely the support we get. I mean, we have one of the best crowds in the Horizon League for women's basketball. We rank second in terms of attendance for our home games. Uh, they're just rowdy. They're into it. They they know what's going on. They really care about the players out there and want to cheer them on and, and cheer them to victory. And our players can sense that. They can feel that. They, they feel the energy. It fires them up. It has them play harder, has them play better. And, you know, it's been really good to us. Youngstown State women's basketball head coach John Barnes on the phone with us. Coach, you know, I mentioned watching the game on Sunday on ESPN+, Plus. whether it is a, a tool for high school players around the country seeing your team play or fans being able to watch games when they can't make it either too bigly or too road games. How much of a difference has that made for not only your program, but all of the Penguin sports that can be watched now like that? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, 
I have a huge family. I'm one of 12 kids and we're, you know, from all over, from Minneapolis to Chicago to Nashville to Kansas City. Um, so they all just, uh, you know, have their ESPN Plus and on their computer, they plug it right into their flat screens and watch it on TV just like a regular game. And, you know, recruits that we, you know, really want and want to know more about how we play, style of play, different things like that, they tune in and watch and, Obviously, this year we're having a good year, so when they see us winning on on ESPN Plus, that that helps the recruiting process too. Coach, senior day coming up here shortly. Can you talk about what a player like Chelsea Olson has meant to you, to the program, not only on the floor but off of it the last few years? Well, just a fantastic um, young woman, and she's just so unselfish. Um, such a great kid off the court, always doing what was best for the team, always putting the team first, um, you know, and her numbers kind of speak for themselves in terms of what she's done on the court. Um, you know, we put her at the point guard, which really wasn't her natural position, uh, right basically when she got here, but made a great adjustment and has led the Horizon League in assists and assist to turnover ratio for the probably last three years. Um, and, uh, you know, she's just a, a great leader for, you know, for all the players that come behind her to follow, you know, what type of people we want in our program and what type of people help the program be successful. So, um, it's going to be a, going to be a emotional day. Um, and, uh, but I'm really proud of everything that she's done and really happy that the team is doing so well in her senior year. Coach, a couple of overtimes this year have been challenging for just for confidence, even in an incredible year like you're having this year. How important was it to get that win in overtime against Cleveland State on Friday night? You know, it was important. I mean, I mean, we've had a lot of close games, and um, you know, we've won some and we've lost some. But you know, we lost uh, in double overtime to to Green Bay. Um, and, you know, had had a couple other close losses. So I think the team really stepped up and, and you know, in a big way at Cleveland State, made big stops, made big shots, and hopefully that propels us um, the rest of the way in, in any close games that we have. Northern Kentucky coming up on Friday, Wright State on Sunday. When you're at this point of the schedule, you're used to, you know, it's the second round with these two teams in conference, but you didn't face them early on in the year. So, you know, what kind of challenges do these, you know, first-time opponents for this year present this weekend? Well, it's actually kind of nice. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of nice to see someone that we haven't seen um, already. So, um, with Northern Kentucky, very good team, very talented, well-coached. Um, a lot of their players are back from, from previous years. So we know their personnel pretty well. Um, Cam has been there for many years, so we kind of know what she wants to do. We've watched a ton of film on them. You know, just like they, they know who, who they know what we want to do personnel wise. You know, it's a little different than they've ever seen. So, you know, that's kind of nice. But ultimately, there's so much film out there. You watch so much film. You know, the team, the teams know what each other are going to do. It's just whoever kind of does it better on that night. 
You know, it's always interesting to watch those ESPN Plus broadcasts and hear perspectives from other announcers and other schools. And I hear a lot of them talk about how, you know, in their mind, you want to run a lot of, you know, inside out or outside in type of, type of offensive structure. Uh, is uh, the fact that you can be balanced like that and not have to rely on one or the other what's key, you know, a 20-plus win season with lots of games to go? Well, I think anytime you have a good post player and good three-point shooters, you can be hard to guard. You know, I think IUPUI has kind of lived off that the last five years because Macy Williams is, is one of the best players to ever, if not the best player to ever play in the Horizon League. I mean, she's three-time Horizon League Player of the Year, and then they put some good shooters around her, and, you know, and, and they're really hard to guard. <laughs> so um, we've always kind of, our, our post players have, I think seven of seven of the nine years, our post players have either been some type of all conference, either freshman, all freshman team, freshman of the year, first, second team. So we've always kind of pounded the ball inside, and um, we've led the Horizon League in three-point shooting, and I think eight of the last nine years in terms of threes made per game. So it's been a good combination for us, and you know, bring you know, having Lily Ritz come in and have such a fantastic year really opens up the outside for our shooters and um, you know, it's just a good combination. We mentioned you know, the final two regular season home games this weekend and with, with so many things going on and both of those being big games, how do you stay focused on those two opponents and, and not think about the, the 24th when you had to IUPUI? You know, we've, we've basically kind of hit with six games to go. We just said, hey, this is it's a six-game season. You know, we're going to take it one game at a time, and we have to leave everything we have on the court for these six games. You know, and we were able to do that with, with um, Cleveland State, which was a really good team on their floor, found a way to, give, to get that one, and, um, you know, bounced right back and played through Fort Wayne, in which we felt like we struggled early, but, we, we definitely left everything on the floor. I think we're not really a pressing team, and I think we pressed the whole second half. So um, had to give up a lot of energy there, but it was it enabled us to get the win. And, you know, we're going to do the same thing with, you know, NKU, Wright State, IUPUI, and UIC. I mean, we're just going to focus on each one and then give it all each game and see what happens. Coach, I know a lot of people just look at, uh, you know, scores and records and uh, they don't think about what the student athlete has to go through with travel within the conference, travel in the non-conference portion and uh, everything that goes with that. And your team continues to be not only impressive uh, on the floor, but in the classroom, too. And I know that's something you, the coaching staff and the support staff are all very proud of what they do. No question. I mean, ultimately, that's why they're, you know, at college. They want, they want to get a, an education, get a great degree, be able to get a good job and, you know, have a great life after, excuse me, after school. So, um, but, you know, the job market's really difficult in this day and age and the best jobs, everybody wants them. So we really focus on keeping them on track, making sure they're doing well in the classroom because, if they put out their resume, you know, to employers and not only have they played division one basketball, which is super demanding, but Hey, they also have a three point, you know, eight GPA. They have a great chance of getting the best jobs out there. So we've really tried to, you know, 
focus on that, help them focus on that. I mean, my staff does a great job of meeting with them, you know, at least once a week, if not more, um, making sure all their ducks are in a row. And then Marty, our academic advisor, you know, does a fantastic job with scheduling and um, interacting with their professors because we do miss a lot of school with travel. And, uh, you know, our, our kids are studying on the bus, studying in a hotel room. And um, they're just, you know, very focused on, on academics and basketball. And I'm really proud of them for that. Coach, appreciate a couple minutes of your time. Uh, a best of luck for the final two home games, Friday against Northern Kentucky, Sunday uh, against Wright State, and then wrapping up the conference at IUPUI and at UIC. Uh, a best of luck in the conference tournament and uh, whatever else this fantastic season may bring you and your team. Hey, I appreciate you having me on and all the support, and hopefully we can have a strong finish. Youngstown State women's basketball coach John Barnes joining us as we wrap up today's show. Again, a big thank you to the Sports Information Department at Youngstown State, John Vogel, who's uh, worked with me while they were on the road traveling to get this set up, and we appreciate uh, Coach taking a few minutes out of his time uh, to join us as well. Again, don't forget uh, Friday night, the Northern Kentucky Norse come into the Bigley Center for a 7 o'clock tip-off. Sunday afternoon, the Wright State Raiders for a 1 o'clock tip-off. Those are the final two regular season home games at the Bigley Center for a Penguin squad that has already set a school record for conference victories uh, as they uh, you know play the final four games of the conference portion of the season. 15-3 and three battling for that regular season championship uh, in the Horizon League and 21-4 and four overall. And we mentioned it earlier, 12-2 and two at the Big Blue Center this year. And they could use your support for those final two games, both Friday and Sunday. And uh, we look forward to uh, hopefully a nice long run in the Horizon League tournament in Detroit. We'll take our final break, come back and wrap things up here on By All Means. Wrapping up Season 3, Episode 7 of By All Means, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course here on Western Reserve Radio. Mark Means, Dave Ferris, co-hosting and keeping us on the air. Thank you to Dana Salonen, a.k.a. Shell Sloan, the contemporary romance writer. Go to shellsloan.com to find out more about her books. And, of course, thank you to Youngstown State women's basketball head coach John Barnes, who just joined us as they, they will play their final two home games of the regular season this weekend at the Bigley Center. And, of course, Dave and I broke down how bad we are picking prop bets and how much we like commercials because a lot of them are, let's face it, they're about food. Next week's show, we're going to bring back a guest from last season and see how his uh, new profession is doing at the National Hockey League level. Our buddy Everett Fitzhugh. The radio voice of the Seattle Kraken will join us on a Tuesday show right at the top at 5.06. We'll catch up with him and see how he is doing in his first year calling games for the expansion Seattle Kraken in the National Hockey League. And we'll see what uh, what else we can work on for next Tuesday's show. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about All-Star Weekend for the NBA in Cleveland that begins in just a couple of days. This show is available in podcast form. Just search for By All Means on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, 
and many of your favorite places to listen to podcasts or just follow me on Twitter at Mark underscore means that's at M-A-R-C underscore M-E-A-N-S. For executive producer and co-host Dave Ferris, owner-operator Jim Craven, my name is Mark Means. You've been listening to By All Means, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course, right here on Western Reserve Radio.